Hello, and my warm greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm Robert Innes. I'm the Bishop of the Church of England's Diocese in Europe. I've lived in Brussels for the last 15 years. I'm married to Helen. We have four grown-up children and one grandson, and I've been diocesan bishop for the last six years. You may not know very much about the diocese in Europe, so allow me to tell you who we are and what we do. There have been English congregations in continental Europe since before the Reformation. The Diocese of Gibraltar was created in 1842, covering Anglican chaplaincies from Portugal to the Caspian Sea. In 1926, a new jurisdiction of North and Central Europe was created under the care of the suffragan Bishop of Fulham. <clears throat> then in 1980, these two jurisdictions were joined to become the Diocese of Gibraltar in Europe, or the Diocese in Europe, as we're usually known. Over the centuries, our diocese has been home to many Church of England luminaries. William Tyndall, who gave us most of the King James Version of the Bible, worked and ministered in Antwerp. Francis Light, who wrote the hymns, Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, and abide with me, lived his later life in the south of France and is buried in our churchyard in Nice. Edith Cavell, the First World War heroine, lived and died in Brussels. And last but not least, Archbishop Justin and his wife Caroline spent several years as members of St Michael's Paris before Justin was ordained. Yes, from Tyndall to Welby, European churches and our European diocese have played a key role in the life of the Church of England. Today, our diocese covers 42 countries, the whole of Europe, plus Morocco, Turkey and Western Russia. I'm part of a team with a suffragan bishop and five archdeacons. Between us, we look after about 300 congregations that stretch from Lisbon to Moscow and from Madeira to Helsinki. We provide a spiritual home to English speakers. These could be British or Europeans with English as a second language, or migrants from the Global South. Sometimes people come to our churches because they like our music, or they appreciate the humane and tolerant culture of Anglicanism, or because one partner is Catholic and the other Protestant, and they want somewhere that both can feel at home. Socially, our people represent a huge range. Diplomats, academics, business people on the one hand, and refugees, those without papers, those in desperate need on the other. And we have a particular ministry amongst refugees. In some of our churches, especially on the Spanish coast and rural Spain, rural France, uh, most members are of retirement age. In others of our churches, especially in the northern cities, everyone's of working age. Traditions range from conservative evangelical to traditional Catholic, but because our parishes have to meet the needs of everyone, they're mostly somewhere in the middle. Unlike the Church of England in England, we're always a minority church, whether in the Protestant North of Europe or the Catholic South or the Orthodox East or the Muslim Southeast. Over the last three years, Brexit has been a real challenge to us. We've been very concerned for the well-being of older people in particular, those who've been anxious about their residence rights, about pensions, about health care. And then on top of Brexit, we've had the coronavirus crisis. COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on the continent of Europe as it has done in the UK. Continental Europe was several weeks ahead of the UK and the clergy in our diocese responded rapidly and imaginatively, producing online worship, telephoning and messaging older isolated people, sharing digital expertise with each other. 
Now I'm delighted to say that we're reopening, but we're doing that cautiously, carefully and safely. There are strict rules on physical distancing and on hygiene. We want everyone to feel safe and no one to be left behind. So if you're able to take a holiday on the continent this summer, do think about coming along to one of our churches. You can find locations using a church near you. We are that part of the Church of England that relates to Europe, that maintains relationship with European churches, that keeps bridges of friendship open even when the politics are rough. We are the diocese in Europe and you will always be welcome amongst us. peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Well, a very warm welcome to all of you joining this online Eucharist service which comes this morning from Holy Trinity, the Anglican Church in the centre of Brussels. In our worship today we're going to be reflecting on the love of God and what a difference that makes even in the most difficult of circumstances. My name is Fiona Simon and I am one of the associate ministers here at Holy Trinity. And to help us in the worship this morning, I'm joined by a number of our diverse worshipping community where so many nations are represented. Paul Froluck is our senior chaplain 
from the Netherlands, and he's also the Archdeacon of Northwest Europe, and he's going to be preaching for us this morning. We have Jadua from South India and Nicholas from Greece, who's our church warden. They're going to be reading for us. We have Ozzy, and uh, she is from Nigeria and a licensed lay minister here, and she will be leading our intercessions. And we have Gail, who's from England, and she's going to be sharing a testimony with us. And in conducting this service today, we're following all the current guidelines of both the Belgian government and the Church of England. We are gathered as the family of God to meet with him now. So let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. May your loving mercy come to me, O Lord, and your salvation according to your word. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Your word is a lantern to my feet and a light to my path. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. O let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Well, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And we pray the collect for today. Let us pray. Generous God, you give us gifts and make them grow. Though our faith is small as a mustard seed, make it grow to your glory and the flourishing of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For whom those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? 
He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Um, and here with a team of other volunteers, I run the community kitchen at Holy Trinity. Uh, so today's parable is the parable of the mustard seed, which has particular resonance for us um, because this project started off with the seed of an idea that this kitchen could be used to feed hungry people in Brussels. Um, and over the course of the last 12 months, that seed has grown into what is now really quite an enormous project um, involving about 100 volunteers and feeding up to 500 um, people a week. At the moment, of course, in the pandemic, um, those people are generally those most hardest hit, uh, refugees and people living on the streets. So I feel particularly best personally being part of this project. Um, and in the past, I've often found it quite hard knowing how best to live out the Christian life. But Jesus' command to feed the hungry is a really simple one. Um, so we've been able to throw ourselves into this project knowing that we're doing something that God wants us to do. And sure enough, the project's been blessed and it's grown and flourished and drawn in lots of others. So even though this time has been very scary, uh, for me and, and us in this team, it's also been a wonderful and exciting time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I call you friends, says the Lord, because I have made known to you everything I have learned from my Father. Hallelujah. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When he was full, the druid ashore sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the, at the end of age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
We are made to be connected. We are made to be connected to God, to one another and to all of creation. People are not meant to be lonely. People are not meant to be separated. It is not good for man to be alone, words spoken by God when man was placed in the garden. But when sin made its way into the world, separation became part of the human condition. All of us have experienced separation over the last months, and maybe, and maybe that is still your situation. In lockdown, we have been separated from family members. I was not able to visit my aging father for many months. Borders were closed and my father does not do computers, but thankfully we can speak by phone. We've also not been able to see all our church friends. It's been great to see people online, but I'm also aware that we have not seen everyone. Separation is loss, large or small. Some of our separations might look small when we hear the following. A few days ago, I visited our mission to seafarers port chaplain in Rotterdam. And he told me that because of COVID, roughly 250,000 seafarers worldwide are separated from their families for many months. Staying on a ship for more than five months is considered inhumane. But by now, several seafarers have been on their ships for six, nine, twelve months or longer. Some have even celebrated two birthdays on board in one trip. Thankfully, this week there was the happy story of one Filipino man who was able to finally return home after having been separated from his wife and young daughter for 13 and a half months. Over the last few weeks, Paul has taken us on an epic journey in the letter to the Romans. From the dark valleys of human sin, suffering and separation to the glorious peaks of hope, joy and abundant life. And today we reach a glorious peak. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In the garden, Jesus experienced loneliness himself. And Jesus experienced utter separation on the cross. But Jesus overcame the separation of death. And in Jesus, all separation can and will be brought to an end. When we experience separation now, Jesus is there right with us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Paul asks. Shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? And the answer, of course, is no. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. And Paul spoke from experience. Just read his life's story. Paul knew that God can take the struggles we go through and turn them for good. Paul also knew that in Jesus, we can know God's presence by his Holy Spirit when we suffer. The Holy Spirit assures us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit assures us that we completely belong to God's family and that we all will share in that joyous glory to come. The Holy Spirit also helps us in our prayers and in our weakness and helps us to become more like Jesus so that we children, God's children, can bring relief and blessing to all who groan in loneliness and separation. We can act because we have received the immeasurable love in Jesus Christ. Immeasurable love we cannot keep for ourselves. I hope that this very moment you may feel connected with the God who loves you. As we together listen to God's word, as we pray and worship together, as we hear the Eucharistic prayer and join in spiritual communion. That the Holy Spirit may give you that encouragement and assurance that whether we face illness or lockdown or isolation or job loss or uncertainty, we may know that suffering will not conquer hope, that death will not conquer life. Separation is never final. Paul says, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing because of Jesus. Amen. I invite you to join with me now in declaring our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. 
For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In the power of the Spirit, and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty and everlasting God, we come to you with hearts full of gratitude in the midst of the current global pandemic and tragedies worldwide, to thank you for the gift of life in Christ and for the privilege to be called your own, for we are called to give thanks in all circumstances as this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your creation, for the air we breathe and for all the things we take for granted. Dear Lord, help us to appreciate you more, to focus more on things above and less on things of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Universal Church for the Anglican Communion, the Church of England, for the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, for our bishops, Robert and David, our Venerable Paul, and the ministry team at Holy Trinity. We thank you for all who are laboring in your vineyard, for all church workers and members of the congregation. Continue to guide us in our Christian journey and equip and empower us in these perilous times. Lord, in your mercy, hear your our prayer. We pray for our leaders and for all those in authority, remembering Queen Elizabeth, Queen of the United Kingdom, Head of the Commonwealth, Philippe, King of the Belgians, Emmanuel Macron, President of France, and for all the leaders of all nations represented here. We also pray for the EU and all other international organizations and institutions as they find ways to tackle and respond to the global crisis caused by the coronavirus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most everlasting God, creator of heaven and earth, protector of the weak, vulnerable and homeless, provider for the poor and needy, we bring before you this day all those that are having a hard time making ends meet, remembering especially all those that have been calling on you and expecting a sign that you have hurt them. We pray for all victims of discrimination, hate crimes, and all other forms of violence. Holy Spirit, 
who intercedes for us. Make yourself known to all those who wait upon you. Miracle-working God, take charge of situations that seem beyond our control and let the light of Christ overcome all forms of darkness and injustice in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, those known and unknown to us, for those who suffer, remembering especially all the victims of the pandemic, for those in nursing homes, and for those who are currently grieving loved ones. Dear Lord, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, in mind or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now in a moment of silence, let us bring our personal supplications before the Lord. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee and promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants. Merciful Father, accept so these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And, and also, also with you.
the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Holy Lord, God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you, gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. And bringing before you this bread of life and this cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, Help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us into your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray now together the Lord's Prayer, using the language which is most familiar to us. Our Amen. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread.
Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits you have given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you to come spiritually into my heart. O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen.
Lord God, whose Son is the true vine and the source of life, ever giving himself that the world may live. May we so receive within ourselves the power of his death and passion, that in his saving cup we may share his glory and be made perfect in his love. For he is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, may the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, establish, strengthen, and settle you in the faith. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In, in the name, name of Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.